This is the Mornington Peninsula Regional Galleries Conversation Series, Episode 2. We are talking to Lucilla Wyborn Debrera, daughter of artist Constance Stokes. Hello and welcome to the Mornington Peninsula Regional Galleries Conversation Series, a podcast for people curious about art and the lives of artists. In this episode, MPRG Senior Curator Danny Lacey talks to Lucilla Wyborn Debrera about her mother, Constance Stokes, and the retrospective at the MPRG. Constance Stokes was one of the leading artists of her generation. In this podcast, Lucilla reveals memories of her mother and how she balanced her desire to be an artist with the realities of domestic life. Discover Lucilla's three favourite works and why she became her mother's most often painted sitter. Thanks for joining us today, Lucilla. It's my pleasure, Danny. I want to start by asking you about your earliest memories of your mother. Right. My earliest memories, I think, probably were the smell of oil paint in the house. Whenever I would come in from outside, if I smelled oil paint, I knew that she'd been painting and that everything was okay in the world. And I remember her always being absolutely exhausted if she'd been painting she'd be totally wrung out and just exhausted and sitting unable to do anything. And my father would come home and have to cook the dinner because she couldn't... She wasn't a cook anyway. She, she really couldn't. She didn't like the domestic arts much. So I think those really... That's my earliest memory. And her busy, always being exhausted, probably, either in the studio or exhausted afterwards. And what was it like being the daughter of an artist back then in the the 40s and the 50s? Well, I think because I was always on the scene, she tended to draw me more than my brothers because my brothers were always out playing cowboys and Indians Mm -hmm. and I was in the house, you know, playing with dolls or something. And uh, she would often say, well, you know, would you... I'd be doing something, she'd say, just stay where you are. And I'd say, oh, do I have to? She'd say, I'll give you sixpence. (laughs) So for a really short pose, I got sixpence, but for a longer pose, I even got two shillings, which was pretty good. So I was sort of the resident model, which is why there's so many drawings and paintings of her daughter, because like George Bell and other artists, it's the models that are on hand that seem to get drawn most. There are a few really lovely stories in your book, Art and Life, about your experience of being a young girl and your mum having to take you to studios and different places around the city. That must have been quite an adventure, I imagine. It was. I remember her taking me to Jeff Jones' studio in in Collins Street in the Rialto building, the old Rialto. And I remember being taken there. I must have been very young because for some reason they left me in Jeff's studio and I, like a little child, any child, found the key in the door and turned it, <laughs> locked myself in. And I remember mum calling through the keyhole. It's all right, don't worry, we'll get you out. And of course I couldn't wait. I sort of did a little puddle on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, and then another time... Um, I used to have to... My mother would go drawing at George Bell's. She would use the model at George Bell's studio on Thursday nights. And one Thursday night, Mum couldn't get a babysitter for me, so she took me along. And George greeted us at the door and said, come in, and she said, now you've got to have a glass of my homemade wine. And Edie Bell said, George, you can't offer a three-year-old child (laughs) wine. 
So I remember sitting in this big chair and being given a drink, you know, while they, they did all the drawing. And Edith Bell took me, to keep me entertained, took me into Toinette Bell's, her daughter's um, bedroom and said, look, you realise we have poltergeists in here? And I said, what's a poltergeist? <laughs> and she told me how the poltergeist came regularly and took all the bedding off Toinette's bed and all sorts of things, so I've never forgotten. <laughs> must be amazing memories to have yes. from all of those years. Yeah. Yes. We might just start to talk a little bit about some of your mum's paintings mm -hmm. and such a sort of broad selection of works, especially in the, the exhibition. Mm -hmm. They start from 1929 all the way through to 1982, I think is the last one. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you've got a little list yeah, of uh, the paintings and you have a few little stories as well yes. I thought you might like to share today. Right, well, Danny wanted to know what my favourite paintings were, <laughs> and that's a hard question. But I think I like the portrait that she did of her mother, which is the first one you see when you go in the gallery, because she was very, very fond of her mother. And after she'd won her scholarship in 1929, she had to wait a year before she could leave to go overseas. So she spent that year doing portraits, and she got really very good at portraiture. But I think she painted her mother because she had seen a photograph of her mother wearing this dress and her mother when she was very young. And you'll see the photograph in the exhibition there. And I think that inspired that portrait. And I think it's really quite stunning. It's really a departure from the tonal painting she was learning from Bernard Hall. And I think it was the start of her adventure, really. That one I love. And that's I, in the, the National Gallery of Australia collection. That's in the collection. NG, NGA, yes. I also am particularly fond of the little portrait she did of me as a very small child because I remember coming home from school one day and wearing a little... I went to the local convent school and I came home with my brother and I was wearing a little rain hood. And she must have been inspired by that and she painted that little portrait, which I think is beautiful. It's, yeah, so that's one of my favourites. Uh, the other one that I'm, I like very much is the portrait of Margaret Stokes, which was painted when she was staying at the... She had a, a studio in Collins Street, and she painted that... Of, it was the wife of a cousin of my father's. But she was very sympathetic with this woman because she was expecting a baby, and my mother was expecting her first baby. And my mother was absolutely devastated because she was just starting out on her career and she thought she was going to be really flying from the college. She'd come back from Europe and she was setting about the business of making a career. And she was in Collins Street mixing with all the artists and, you know, doing the right thing. And then she found she was pregnant and I think she was really pretty upset because she knew she'd have to move to suburbia and take on the, the business of bringing up a family. But she was, the fact that they were both pregnant at the time, I think is lovely. Mm. And uh, I like the style of that portrait, that, that appeals to me very much. Then going to the other, the other end of her life, when she painted her granddaughter, Isabella, my daughter, as a child, and I love that portrait because it, it just gives, shows the innocence and joy of a little child, and it's just fresh and beautiful. So I think those are my favourite. That's great. Now, reflecting on your mother's career, 
What are some of the key moments from your perspective over that Well, time? I think without a doubt, the, of course, winning the scholarship was just amazing. And after she won in that year, when she had to fill in before going to overseas, she and fellow students put on a little show in Collins Street called The Embryos. And she exhibited a portrait of one of her fellow students, James Flett. And Sir Bernard Hines visited, opened that exhibition and saw that portrait and recommended my mother to Madame Mortil, or Lydia Mortil, this amazing Russian woman. I think you probably already know the story. So Lydia Mortil met mother and gave her her very first commission. And I think the very first commission portrait was really a major thing for her. And she, of course, was introduced to the high life by going and visiting this woman and meeting all the visiting Russians and the ballet russe and, you know, all the people that came out to take Cregan at the time. So that was, that was really something. And I think probably the next thing was the Burlington being chosen one of 12 artists, the top artists in Australia, and she was one of only two women to be chosen to represent Australia at the Burlington Galleries and then again at the Venice Biennale in 1953, which was really a major thing. And she received really very good notices from the London papers and they all singled her out, basically. And they liked her painting because it wasn't... I don't think they liked the Australians. They didn't like the dry... Australian-themed paintings. They prefer the European approach, I think, which Bernard Hall, when Mum was being trained, really emphasised the fact that he wanted his students to follow the European traditions. And Mum kept that very much to her heart. And uh, I think she really continued on with that. So she didn't really do many Australian works. She did do The Road to Ballarat, which is a famous painting which is not in the show, but apart from that she didn't really do much until she later on in life did, went back to the Wimmera where she was born. And she was really, she loved the Wimmera. She always felt a great empathy with the wide open spaces and the colours and the warm ochre colours and warm reds and oranges and you'll see a lot of orange in her paintings because she, she was very much a warm colour person. And that 12 Australian artists show is quite a key point, I think, in the life of Constance. Yes. The three paintings that she exhibited we have in the gallery on the blue feature wall in Gallery 1. So it's really nice to be able to show those works alongside yes. each other. Yes. And then the next... Sorry, just yeah. one other thing. Yep. The next thing, my father died in 1962, and she, at that stage, was devastated and took a long time to recover from that and didn't paint for a long time. But she had a studio full of works that she'd produced, been producing over the years and had been sitting against the walls and she hadn't done anything with. And she was approached in 1964 by Phil Waterhouse and Charles Bush who had a, a gallery called the Leveson Street Gallery. And I don't know if any of you know of it, but it was a lovely gallery. And they put on a huge show of her works. They brought all these paintings out and put them on and it was a sellout. It was absolutely a sellout. And it had incredible reviews from all the papers. And that, was, that set her back again to start working again and recovering her art, I think. Yeah, because it must have been mm. quite tough when your dad, Eric, passed away yes. in 1962. And she had three teenage children. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> um, so, yes, it was difficult. Mm. Yeah. 
You spent quite a, a large part of your sort of adult life living abroad. Mm. Did your mum visit you and did she come not, over to no, London? No, not then, but she did come across to London when I first, when I was 21 and did this, the, the usual thing that Australian girls did, went to London and so she came across and joined me in London for a while and did the three, the only thing she did were those three little watercolours of people in the street in London that Danny's had framed in the exhibition and he found in one of the sketchbooks. So, Yeah, well, I guess that was just the, the rich material that was in a lot of the archival material, like just sketchbooks oh, of drawings that had never been seen before. So it was mm. nice to be able to sort of reveal some of those and get some of that historical material on display. Yeah. So obviously for this retrospective, we've brought together a whole range of works. There's about 35 paintings in the show and the archive material. It's quite a, a big project. Yes. What do you hope that visitors get out of seeing the exhibition? Oh. Well, I hope they'll just be reminded of really what I would refer to as a major artist in Australian art. And I think she's been neglected for too long and overlooked really disgracefully because I think you can see the quality of her work she was a dedicated artist. She never really wanted to do anything else but paint. And she coped with the family, but nevertheless, she produced really masterpieces, I think. A lot of those paintings really need to be seen and to have an opportunity for people to see works that have been hidden away or in private collections or in galleries and to see them all gathered here. And I'm hoping that people enjoy seeing them. And her philosophy was that she didn't want to put she didn't want to, to make a, a political statement or a social statement. She just wanted to bring joy. And she said Mat Matisse's idea, she was a, loved Matisse. She said he, his philosophy was, I want to bring joy to people. And that's, she always felt that's what she wanted to do. And I think the color that she produced later on is very joyful. Mm. Yeah. There's a number of paintings in the exhibition that really haven't been seen before that, no. that much if no, at all. That's right. Can you talk a little bit about the Alice Wyatt Cafe, Cafe painting? I think that just reflects amusingly the fact that when she and my father were first married and they were she convinced dad to go into an artist's studio to live, which was he was an engineer, he knew nothing about painting. In fact he thought she'd just get over it. <laughs> so she could not cook at all. She couldn't boil an egg. Fortunately, Dad was a love he loved cooking, but nevertheless he would come home from work and to the studio and they would say, What on earth are we going to cook tonight? What are we going to eat? And there was a lovely little cafe on the ground floor of this building, which is, the building still exists. I think it's now a fashion shop or something. And it was called Alice Wyatt's Cafe. And they used to eat that. I would imagine they must have eaten there practically every night. Yeah. <laughs> and just a few years, I think she would have painted that just a little bit in retrospect. I don't know when, quite when it was painted. But I think it speaks volumes about the life that they were leading and the fact that she wanted to be in Europe still and couldn't, so she tried to recreate the European feel of the cafe life. Yeah. Mm. Just winding up a little bit, mm. we've talked a little bit about the archival material and I guess there's so yes, much material, is. which is amazing. Yes. But how did all of this material sort of come together? Well, I didn't really know of its existence. Mm. My brother had inherited 
all her archival material. And it wasn't until he died in 2013, and I went to clear out his house, and I found all these things in cupboards, you know, diaries and little bits of written paper and letters and, you know, and, and sketchbooks, and it was just incredible. And that's really what sort of set me on the motion of producing a book, because I thought, really, it's just too good to just sit there. And her whole life story, and she was fortunately very articulate. She wrote beautifully, really, which is why I've in included little snippets of what she's written in the, in the book, because her descriptions are, are lovely, really, especially her travels and time in Spain. She just absolutely was gobsmacked with Spain. It was pre-Franco. Was, there was the poverty, it was incredible, but she just loved it. It's amazing reading those journals as well, just the richness that you can visualise. She Constance talks a lot about colour as well. Yes. She's always talking she about was, colour yes, when she went to the bullfighting or the, the ocean liner that she, she caught over, yeah. the colour of the, um, the smokestacks. Yeah, yeah, she's always referencing colour. It's yeah. quite yeah. amazing, actually. She regarded colour as, as a science the science of colour, and I think she took it very seriously. And her studio was had miles of rags, coloured rags, hanging all over everywhere. And she would put these rags together to bring in colour combinations and to make sure she, her colours were, were right. She was very conscious of that, so... Mm. Mm. Just lastly, can I get some final thoughts on the exhibition, I guess, and just seeing all of those works together for oh, the first time? For me, it's so exciting. It's just the best experience. I, because just to be reminded of, of her life's work and when you see things, you know, you, you see one painting here and another painting there, you don't, to put them all together, I think is just great. So thank you again. Thanks for listening to episode two of our conversation series. Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery is the region's major cultural facility and is supported by Mornington Peninsula Shire and other partners. Visit mprg.mornpen.vic.gov.au to find out about our latest exhibitions and events. In the next episode, Danny will be talking to artist Minna Gilligan. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.